Welcome to Every Nation Dorado. We hope you enjoy this message. We'd like to formally start um, this meeting this morning. And it is my great honor to welcome you to the house of the Lord. This is the church called Every Nation. And we are a ministry which exists everywhere in the world. And uh, the mission of the church is to establish Christ-focused churches. But we make a huge deal of making sure that we reach out to our communities and that we are relevant to the communities in which we live. So we don't wait for heaven for God's kingdom to come. We believe that God's kingdom has already come. And it is our job and our role as individual Christians to make sure that we establish his kingdom through our actions, our choices, and the values we portray as a body and as individuals. So I'd like to ask you to stand, because as Namibians, we are proud of the country in which we live, and we will this morning start by singing the national anthem, and it will be followed by the AU anthem. So sing loud and proud, sing off-key, sing on-key, do what you need to do, but be Namibian and be proudly so. Thank you. seated. So this morning we are honored to have a number of very important people with us 
They will be the people who will address us and uh, speak to us on the specific topic, which is comprehensive sexual education this morning. We have somebody from the Ministry of Education. We have uh, one of our leading pastors in the country, or in Vintuk, Pastor Shirley Magazi, and we also have Ludwig Bierkes, who is from the CCN, the Council of Churches in Namibia. Now, um, we are hosted this morning also then by our pastor, Pastor Hilma Miller, and she will deliver a devotion in a few minutes. But I just wanted to, by way of just setting the scene this morning, just tell you the story. Um, I have a role in football in the country, which means I'm supposed to run football in the country and make sure that it functions um, well. And so a few weeks ago, we played in Kosafa, which is a kind of Sadek African Cup of Nations kind of thing. That's kind of how I explain it. So we have the Sadek Games, but it's not called Sadek Games, it's called Kosafa, and then we have African, the AFCON, which we're going to now this coming week. And uh, the coach for the Kosafa team was Colin Benjamin. Colin is one of our top players. He played internationally for many years, played in Germany for about 11 years in the Premier League, and really has done well for himself. So he came back and he's now starting an academy and stuff like that. So we asked him, Colin, please come and coach our under-23s and take them to the Kosafa. And while we were in the cloakroom, just before the boys went out on the pitch, the boys were the underdogs, so we were playing Mozambique, a team that, had, that just wanted to annihilate us because we are the reason why they're not in Afcon. So they came with an agenda. We're going to show these Namibians they don't deserve being in Afcon. So in, it was in Durban, and in Durban there's a lot of Mozambicans living there. So the numbers of the fans, it was a great number of fans. So we were intimidated. We must Namibia, we must small, and what, what, what. And those Mozambicans were like, we are going to destroy you today. But I'm fairly arrogant also. So I was like, yeah, well, we will see. You know, you Mozambicans come and do your best. We went into the dressing room and Colin had motivated, he, he, he laid out the strategy and how we would play, how we would attack, how we would defend, and um, just the whole strategy. And then he said to them, football is all about technique and football is all about strategy. But this morning I want to talk to you about your heart. And he said to them, so when you go out there, I want you to frame in your head one person who you will play for today. I don't want you to play on the strategy. I don't want you to play because these Mozambicans came to destroy us. I want you just to, in your mind, picture one person. Then he told us the story of he, he went to Germany. He always wanted to play professional football. But for the first few years, he said he played um, he made 100 Deutsche Mark at the time, that was the currency in Germany, a week. And he would save some so that he could buy new tackies and so that when he comes home to Namibia, he would show all the Namibian boys, look at my hot shoes and my hot tackies and what, what, what. And the new clothes and things like that. He didn't go there because he wanted to lift his family out of poverty. Those goals which he had in the beginning, they were gone. And then a friend of his called him one day and he said, things are tough at home. And he asked, what do you mean things are tough at home? And his mother had a mental breakdown. And the boy told him things are very bad at home. You really need to come home because it's really tough at home. So he said he went into this thing where he couldn't make up his mind. Do I leave and go home or do I fulfill my dream and stay? If I go home, what would I change in any event? So he, he said, but he changed his mind because 
she had a mental breakdown and the automatic thing for us is you have a mental breakdown, we take you to the Malkamp, Khurundakis. And he said he knew that she just needed psychological, psychological intervention, you know? She just need, needed care, mental care. But he didn't have money to pay for it. And he said that single incident changed his whole view on why he was in Germany. He said from that day, his football career changed completely. And he told the boys, so I want you just to go, I want you to take a few more minutes and look yourself in the eye and ask, who will you play for today? We went on the pitch, we were fantastic, we won, two one. Um, and I walked to the bus with the boys and the one goal scorer specifically, uh, Papama, I walked with him and I said to him, what happened, you guys were fantastic. He said, coach said, we must select one person who we're playing for today. I chose my person and I scored the goal for that person. So my question to you this morning, when we talk about something that can be as abstract as comprehensive sexual education, is I want you to frame who, when we discuss policy, who are you raising your voice on behalf of this morning? So let's not talk about sides and opinions of our own, but let's frame this conversation around the Namibian child. That's what it's about. It's not about my opinion and, and, and where the money comes from and the funders and civil society. It's about the Namibian child. So give that child a name and when you raise your voice this morning, when you ask questions, when you think about your opinion and your position, think about it from the perspective of a Namibian child with a name. So on that note, I hand over to Pastor Hilma and she will quickly give us a devotion and then we will start with our conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hilda. Good morning, everyone. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the center of everything. So I have a short devotion this morning, and it really comes from Psalm 127. Um, I want to read from the ESV version. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his, his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. What a beautiful passage because it really, it starts with the fact that everything that we need to do here in life yeah, cannot stand unless it is built around God. Unless God is at the center of everything that we do. And then it ends by speaking about children. Yeah? The first portion is about building a house, uh, watching the city, society. And then it ends with, from verse 3 onwards, speaking about the importance of children. And whenever we build, we always think about families when we build. And children are such an important part of family. And this morning, I really just want us, uh, to draw us to that one verse in verse 4. If you guys can put that one up. 
It says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. When we look at a warrior and think of arrows, we know that these are weapons that will be used to fight. Yeah? And it's amazing that um, the psalmist uses children to compare to arrows. Yeah? Because arrows are used for war. They're formed and they're forged for war, to go out and fight. And it's the same with children. Yeah? Children are what, uh, what we're going to use, or they, they will be used and they're fashioned in this season, in this time, they're being fashioned to go out and fight, to contend with the enemy. Yeah? To fight for the values of society. So the way we fashion children, even though we're not fashioning them for a physical war, which arrows are used for, we need to realize that we're fashioning them for a spiritual war. And this war is primarily in their minds. This is the greatest battlefield, the battle for the mind. So there is a fight to shape the children in a certain way. And when you shape an arrow, it is targeted. I mean, you, you want, when you throw it out, you want it to hit a target. And it's the same with the children. When you're shaping them, you're shaping them because you're saying you want them to live a certain way for the future. Yeah? So based on what kind of future you want to see, you say let's shape these children towards that future. And the mind is so important, and that's why the Bible says we must not conform to the patterns of this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that we may know what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and perfect will is. Yeah. So when we're shaping the minds of children, it, it's teaching and it's training them to understand and to know what the will of the Father is. The Word of God tells us that if we teach a child in the way they should go, when they grow up, they will not depart from it. So whatever foundation it is that we're teaching children today, when they grow up, they will not depart from it. It is going to reflect in our society years later. And that's why it's talking about children born in one's youth. One day when we're all old and gray, <laughs> the children that we leave behind are the ones that are going to contend for the values in our societies. And the question is, what are we teaching them? And what are we releasing into their lives? What are they contending for? What will they stand for and what will they live for when that time comes? Amen. So teaching and training is so important. It is so important. And we cannot leave God out of the area of education because he is the author of education. Yeah? He knows, he taught us that we need to teach and train. And I want to I wanna share this speech that Martin Luther made concerning teaching and training because he saw the importance of it. He said, I am much afraid that the schools will prove, uh, prove the very gates of hell unless they diligently labor in explaining the holy scriptures and engraving, engraving them 
in the hearts of youth. I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution in which means are not unceasingly occupied with the word of God must be corrupt. It will eventually be corrupt. What a powerful st a statement. Tomorrow is the day of the African child. And we remember it as a day when a huge crowd of youth marched on the streets of Soweto in South Africa, crying out and demanding for a free, child-friendly education that is compulsory for every African child. And as we think about this, I want us to just pause and think, what are the values? Yeah? What does a quality education look like? What did they fight for? And is it reflected in our education these days? Because there can be no quality education unless it is centered around God. Amen. I want to pray for us. So, Father, we thank you so much that this is the day that you've made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your presence in this, in this, um, in this event, Father God. We thank you for every speaker that you've blessed us with, oh, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that ultimately as we discuss and we talk and we go through all these things, oh, Father God, that we will know that your heart is to build this nation according to the picture of prosperity um, that you always had for the Namibian nation, O oh Father God. And therefore this morning we say, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done in Namibia as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Hilma. Um, so now we're getting into the gist of it. So I'd like to call up our speakers. And I'd like to start by calling on the first speaker, Mr. Julius Nifiqua, who is the Deputy Director for HIV AIDS Management Unit in the Ministry of Education in Namibia. Mr. Nifiqua, if you can please come and take your seat. The second person I'd like to call on is the lady, Pastor Shirley Magazi. If you would please come and join us. She is a pastor from the Generation Christ Bible Church in Vintuk. Good morning. And last but not least, they say there is this thing called the Grand Old Dame. We call on the Grand Old Gentleman, Mr. Ludwig Birkes. <laughs> Good morning. From the CCN. Are you not the old one? And it's truly a delight to have everybody up here this morning. Um, we have for each of you exactly 35 minutes. So we'd like for you to look at the lady with a pink hat. She will show you a, a time uh, frame so that you stick within time. So she'll tell you when you have 20 minutes, then you know you just have 20, 10, 5 until you finish. So we would like to be uh, true to time and really keep, keep that in check. Now. We met Mr. Nifiqua about two years ago, right, sir? And Pastor Hilma and I took him for lunch and a couple of ladies because at the time already, we were concerned about comprehensive sexual education. 
because obviously this conversation happened in the country a long time ago. So Mr. Birkes, Ludwig, started the conversation and started um, really engaging, you know, to bring the topic to a national, on a national platform. So one of the things we did, we, the president uh, had, had his birthday on the 3rd of August, and Ludwig called me and said, what can we do? Um, we would like to get the ear of the president but we'd like to get it in such a way that it doesn't feel like we're confronting him or attacking him or anything like that. So we organized a birthday party for the president. And uh, about two years ago, and we, we had um, a gentleman, Errol Naidu, who is from his people in South Africa. Errol was here. And we went, Pastor Hilma was there, and I remember when Pastor Hilma came up to, to, to pray, I told the president, that's my pastor. The president said to me, pastors look like that these days. I said, mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm, they look like that these days, you know, so we really had a good time. So we, we addressed the issue, we had the Minister of Education there, we had the Speaker of the National Assembly there, and a number of ministers, clergy, because we really wanted to say that this is not something that we would like to see in the country, a sexual, comprehensive sexual education. We wanted to highlight to the community what it stands for, what it will portray, what it will communicate, and we wanted specifically to speak to the president as well about it. The first lady was obviously also there. Um, so this is where this movement started, lunches to engage and to campaign and just to understand the issues. And this is also another leg of it that you see today. So Mr. Nifikwa, if I can ask you to please come and stand here. at the, This is your platform from where you will speak. And that microphone is set up for you. And please tell us in Namibia why the Ministry of Education has embarked on a curriculum called Comprehensive Sexual Education. And then after that, we will have the other speakers. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, Director of Proceedings. Um, dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, good morning. Um, I am Julius, but not Malema. <laughs> Julius Nifikwa, um, a teacher uh, by birth and also by profession. Yeah, a life skills teacher for that matter and economics teacher. Namibian 100%. Um, I would like at the very uh, beginning to, to thank the Every Nation Church uh, and the very capable leadership of Pastor Helma. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you that you, you thought it's so correct to invite the Minister of Education to come and be together in this discussion to go deeper into these two terminologies. Mostly we are talking about comprehensive and then sexuality. Not sexual, but sexuality. Comprehensive sexuality education. Some people are saying a comprehensive sex education. You know, words, words tend to, 
to, to, you know, to be thought differently or to be interpreted differently if, if they are not correctly spelled. May I also um, recognize the presence of my acting uh, director general, eh? secretary general, my right, uh, Mr. Birkes, and my, my sister here. We, we meet in different platforms, but I don't, it seems that I don't, I don't know her. I told her, so I don't know you, but she's my friend. When it comes to education, as a consultant, so I'm so very much uh, honored and feel privileged for, for us as education to be given this opportunity. So I have 30 minutes, so I, will, uh, I have more to give, but uh, because of the time pressure, I will rush through and I will just give the core of why comprehensive sexuality education uh, in Namibia, not only in Namibia, but to a Namibian child. And I really concur with, uh, with uh, uh, the, the director of proceedings, the, the coach message. Why are we here for? Be it a church, be it government, be it private sector, be it businesses, be it um, um, soccer teams. We are here to build the nation. And the nation can only be, only be built if the Namibian child is taken care of holistically. Yeah, holistically. And I would like to start uh, at the beginning to say comprehensive sexuality education, and I want to repeat it, it is not a new thing. It's not a stand-alone subject. It's not a stand-alone separate curricula. No. Things that we have been doing when we were born, those stories that you received from your parents when you were growing up as a boy, as a girl, those biblical teachings, those cultural teachings, is what we call comprehensive sexuality education. But this one we are saying comprehensive, meaning you go deeper into the information. Right? Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's roll quickly. My brother, um, you know, 158 uh, millions, this is now uh, young people in, uh, in SADC, okay? We are talking about from Ethiopia to South Africa, Zambia, there. We have almost 158 million young people at that age. But then these people, 158 millions, are the ones to build our nations. But if we are not taking care of them, our nations will not develop. And we are not only talking about the physically able to people, even our physically challenged uh, brothers and sisters. They need to be brought on board to contribute to the development. Let's go ahead. Okay, um, 1.1 million new infections happens in SADC. But this 1.1 million new infections, HIV infections, takes place among young people aged 10 to 24. Young people, I can see young people here. 
young people are in danger. The current uh, research indicates that from, from 30 up, the incidences are going down of HIV. But as from 10 to 24, it's going up. So therefore, CSE needs to be brought into the classroom because they are saying schools are the most center where you can reach many young people. So then they decided, when I say they, I mean ministers of education, ministers of health, on the 7th of December, 2013, in South Africa, when these statistics were presented, they took a decision, okay, like that. They took a decision, uh, 21 countries, to implement what we call comprehensive sexuality education. And then this is what I'm going to explain. You can see there, uh, uh, Honorable Sylvia Mahone represented Namibia, and uh, Dr. Richard Kamu, the former Minister of Health. They are the ones who represented the country at that meeting. We call it ESA Commitment. So those are the countries in, uh, um, in Africa, in Southern Africa, who were in that particular uh, meeting, and they took a decision to strengthen the teaching of health and wellness in schools, particularly HIV and other uh, ailments. Let's go ahead. So, and I want to, to demystify, to clarify what is sexuality and what is comprehensive sexuality education. Right? Um, those, uh, let's go ahead. Those are the names of the subjects. Um, this is a curriculum-based uh, uh, um, um, uh, I want to say this refers to a curriculum-based education that approaches sexuality and uh, relationships with information that is age-appropriate, gender and rights-based, culturally relevant, when I say culturally relevant, relevant to the culture of the children in that class, scientifically accurate, the biological part of information, uh, realistic, non-judgmental. Those are the core uh, uh, principles of, of sexuality education. Let's go, go ahead. Uh, another definition is to say sex education instruction method based on curriculum that aims to give students the knowledge, attitude, skills, and values to make appropriate and healthy choices in their sexual lives. Healthy choices, appropriate healthy choices. Comprehensive sexuality education means providing information and guidance about physical and emotional aspects of a growing up and the starting relationships. This thing of, you know, let's say I'm a, I'm a pastor and the two, two young uh, people wanted to get married. It's only that time when we are now trying to prepare them for marriage. Maybe we are too, too late for that. You think, all right. Maybe we are too late for that. So we start early, we start early to prepare the child already to know how to be in a relationship. And this relationship that we are talking about is not only confined to marriages. 
We are talking about building a relationship in a family between a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister, and being you know, able to maintain that relationship even at work. Right? So the way the relationship should not be defined only when it comes to uh, uh, love relationships, but relationships in a, in a holistic manner. All right, let's go ahead. Okay, um, let's go ahead. So um, those are contents. You can see relationships. We talk about love, uh, friendship, love, romantic relationships. Parenting, that's now concept one. Concept two, you can see values, attitude and skills. Values, decision making, communication, uh, culture. Uh, women are regarded as uh, a non or people, uh, ladies are regarded not to make decisions. But life skills teaching a young girl to make decisions uh, because, for example, in a relationship, boy and a girl, men and woman, cup, uh, married couples, who should make a decision? Is it the husband or is a wife or both? So those values are being communicated to children but at, at, at appropriate age. Remember, I said age appropriate. All those topics are, are in the curriculum and they are considering the age of the child. You can see culture, society, human rights, sexuality, culture and rights, gender, sexual abuse, violence. You go to concept number four, human development, reproduction, puberty, bodily integrity. Concept number five, sexual behavior, Concept number six, sexual and reproductive health, pregnancy prevention, HIV, STI risk uh, reduction, HIV stigma and uh, discrimination. So those are topical issues uh, that are focusing on, on, on comprehensive sexuality education. Let's go ahead. Okay, rights-based core principles. We are talking about the values. The Bible talks about respect, right? It's enforced, yeah. But then we are saying sexuality is a human right. And I, do not, I don't want you to think, when you read that word sexuality, please don't think it's, a, it's sexual intercourse. Right? The word sexuality is big, big word that I can start talking from, from morning till evening. It's all about our relationships, men and women, affirmative actions, why are we talking about affirmative actions in government? So you can be a director as a woman, but previously women should not be given uh, these big positions, isn't it? So now it's a human right when we are making policies. Should policies should consider sex, sexuality issues or gender issues? We are talking about critical thinking. Girls and boys must be given critical uh, thinking skills to make a right uh, uh, decision. Fostering of norms and attitudes, promote gender equality and inclusion, addressing vulnerability and ex exclusion, local ownership and the cultural relevance. Why young people want to leave Africa? Why do they want to live in Namibia, to work in the United States? If you ask your children, do you want to be in Namibia or you want to go to South Africa? Quickly, they say, I want to go to South Africa. You want to study in the University of Namibia or you want to, go to study at the uh, at Cambridge. They said, no, I want to go to Cambridge. What does that mean? Local ownership. Value. Do you want to be, are you, are you grateful that you are born by your father 
or you wanted to be born by Semnuyoma. You understand my thinking? So, you, be content with what God gave you. That's the message. Right? Local ownership. Be happy that you are a Namibian. Yes. Be happy that you are born by, uh, by the, that family, but contribute to the well-being of that family. Right? People want to change their, their family names. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Nifikwa, but I want to be associated with Johnson, with, uh, with uh, Barack Obama. And, you know, those names. This, this is the value that we are, we, we are suppressing. So, a positive life cycle approach to sexuality. Positive life uh, cycle approach. Right? Let's go ahead. Um, well, when we are talking about abstinence, of course, the church, when it comes to sexual intercourse, the church mandate. All churches mandate is to say, please, when it comes to relationships and the sex itself, abstain. Isn't it, Pastor? Abstain until God gives you the right person. Yes. And that is our starting point in CSE. Abstain. Because we are fighting HIV and AIDS, abstain. That's the very first and the holy weapon to, to eradicate uh, HIV and the sexual related uh, diseases. But, but, because we are in the Ministry of Education, we are teaching every child from all walks of lives. Some are believers, but some not. What about those that are not uh, believers? Shall we leave them? We say, no, we can't. So let's give them more options, right? Then we are saying, if, if you stop to abstinence only, they're going to do it anyway. Okay? Remain faithful. And it's not only for the young ones. CSE is for everyone, even those that are in marriage. You need to go back to these chapters and to, to enrich your, your marriage life. Remain faithful to your husband, to your wife, and then if not, please, we want to have you. The country, the government is saying, we want to have you. We don't want to take you to the graves. Please use the protective measures. Use condoms. If you think in your, in your heart you cannot live without uh, uh, sex. So please, we want to have you. Because I'm telling you, it's very costly to keep one person alive who is HIV positive. Very costly. If we don't have uh, drugs in hospitals and we tell people to go and buy themselves, for themselves, I'm telling you, it's very, very unaffordable. And therefore, the message of government is remain uh, um, uh, where you are as a young person, abstain, and then those that are in a relationship, they must remain faithful, and if they feel they cannot, please, they must use condom. That is our message. Of course, the church, you, you struggle and hammer on the abstinence. Right? But we are seeing churches are also revolving. They are also coming up with some alternative messages. Because they realized, hey, our, our church members 
uh, are not okay. So because you, it's not good that you are only preaching okay, the, the word of God, come to issues that are affecting their lives. Come back to their uh, current world. If you don't address that, they will not serve the Lord as it's supposed to be. Right? Okay? Um, those are the benefits or the, the message, the information that a, a class teacher provides. Increased knowledge and understanding on my own body. One girl, one girl almost committed suicide in the north. Parents at home are not explaining what is happening in her body. That's the puberty, eh? Adolescent girl. One day, she just uh, stood up and then the blood was on the chair. This plastic chest. And she was never introduced to this type. It's in the bush, in the rural areas. Because these things are taboos. Menstruation and what, what, uh, sex-related things are taboos. Parents are not free to talk. So, and then the, the kid, the other uh, classmates started bullying. Bullying, yeah, 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 blood, what, what, you know, these type of stories. Then she said, I'm, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. She left the, the, the school. In, on the way home, one uh, granny you know, met her. Why are you crying? It was now difficult for her to explain because it's, you know, she was never introduced to, she was never introduced to that. Uh, okay, but then the, the granny said, okay, please sit down, my daughter, sit down. What is it? Tell me. And then, slowly, you know, the, the granny has got these skills of talking to, to the small ones. She realized that uh, it was her first menstruation and she wasn't aware. Now she wanted, she opened up, I wanted to commit suicide. I was thinking of doing it because I felt I was sick. And my colleagues, because even my colleagues are bullying me at school, maybe I'm abnormal. So it is embarrassment. So life skills is teaching children before they experience these things, right? Life skills and the comprehensive sexuality education is introducing children before they experience these bad things. We have social media currently all over, cell phones, Facebook, WhatsApp, television. If we don't teach them while early, the teaching that they get from the streets will be wrong. And to, to, to undo that, it will be too late. So therefore, uh, increased knowledge, explore and value, uh, uh, clarify values and attitudes are the basic core principles of CSE. Develop, life, um, uh, promote health behaviors. And then the last one, that one is very much important, especially to, to us men, Promote and sustain risk-reducing behavior. Uh, read those words. Risk-reducing behavior. Many a times, girls are raped or women are raped in Namibia. What time? One o'clock in the morning. Where were you coming from? Somebody was murdered. What time? No, it was uh, two o'clock in the morning. So, your behavior did not assess the risk of moving around at night. 
So if you want to die, and this is the message, colleagues, if you want to die quickly, so, so, so count, count the payday. The payday, if you go out, go out of your house, you, you move from 11 o'clock, let's say 10 to 11. 10, you know, you are now trying to, to assess the, the risk. 10, 11, 12 there. <laughs> whether you are in a car, whether you are in a car, you are in a problem. Okay, let's go ahead. Um, so those are common, those are common life skills-based CSE topics. We talk, when we talk of sex, that word, three-letter words, what comes into your mind? In the course. Yeah. It's one, one answer. Another one? Gender. Why do you think it, it needs to be taught? Why do you think it needs to be taught? You think it's, 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 it's not good to teach children because they are sexual beings, isn't it? Why do you think it needs to be taught? Why do you think it's need, or it doesn't need to be taught, maybe? Yes. Even, even sex itself. To a, to a, when, when you say don't, what are you talking about? When you're saying don't, the Bible told us, don't, your, your body is the temple of God. Don't. What are you talking about? Is it not sex? Yeah? Let's be honest. Is it not sex that you're talking about? Uh, one, one, one clip ne, came to my phone. The daughter, the, the, the father was driving and the daughter at the back. Um, Dad, I don't know, maybe you have also seen it. Dad, how did you put, my, put my, uh, me in my mother's stomach? Have anybody seen that? Yeah? A, a seven or eight, nine years old girl asking, Dad, how did you put me in my mother's stomach? And then the, I looked at the, the father. Very difficult question, and he couldn't even answer. He couldn't answer. So you are expecting tough questions from your children. So how will you, if you are not prepared? And they are asking such, such questions, but they know already. <laughs> because Facebook is teaching them. You gave them your cell phones. What do they do? You have Wi-Fi's in your homes. What do they do with the cell phones? It's your cell phone. They grab it. You think they, they are playing their what? They are, but they shift when they are in their rooms. They shift from those soapies to, to, to pornographies. Are you aware that you are contributing to, to bad teaching? Are you aware? The television, all right? The television in your house has got different channels. How are you monitoring that? Are you giving age-appropriate uh, TV lessons or not? How are you controlling that? So, CSE is everywhere. Everywhere. In church, in business, in schools. Everywhere. It's everywhere. What we needed to do is only to say, they must be given appropriate and relevant information at their age. But uh, it's tough war. I like the, the word, tough war. And this tough war needs correct ammunitions, uh, arrows, 
And this is the knowledge. And then the teaching of this good respect values, tolerance in the family. Uh, with Pastor Nick, we attended a workshop in um, um, the Lock, uh, Lock Lodge, uh, Rock Lodge uh, on fatherlessness. Higher teenage pregnancies in the country. Young kids becoming you know, sexual active at young age simply because we allowed them to do so. Parents allowed them to do so. Teachers at schools, they don't care. They allow. I'm now, I'm now generalizing. Eh? There are those that are doing their work as parents. There are those teachers. There are those principals that are doing their work. But the point is, um, good, good, good platforms are less than bad platforms. So and we need to strike a balance, actually, to, pre to suppress bad things and to promote good things. Then we build the country. Um, let's go to... Continue, continue, continue. Yeah, please. CIC does not focus on sexual intercourse or encourage young people to have sex. It's not that, right? It does not teach young people how to have sex or take away their innocence. You should feel ashamed if you've done so. The Bible tells us your body is the temple of God. If you did it, feel ashamed. It doesn't follow abstinence only. Okay? Until marriage. One lady in, uh, in Kunene challenged me. Julius, okay, I know you are biblically uh, you know, oriented man. You are telling me, but I'm culturally uh, oriented woman. Alright? You, you are telling me to to wait until the right man comes. Who told you that they say right man for me, they, one day? And the world is, is developing. Who told you that I want to get married anyway, one day? Tell me how to live. I, I'm interested you to tell me how to live a healthy sexual life. I don't want uh, diseases. I don't want that. I don't want to die early. I want to be a businesswoman, healthy business. Tell me those things. Don't tell me to not, not, not to sex. You don't have control on that. Well, I couldn't uh, answer. I was knocked down. Seriously, I was knocked down. So, but it is the duty of the church to strengthen that value. The body, your body is the temple of God. We do it in schools as well. Religious and moral education as a subject is taught together with life skills. The competent life skills teachers, they, they, they connect the religious and moral education with life skills. And then you, you, you mold the child holistically, spiritually. Right? Um, okay, let's go ahead. The, no, the last one. I want to talk about the last one. No, no, no. Go ahead. But the last one. It does not promote membership in sexual minority, homosexuality, or transgender. CSE is not there to promote uh, some part 
or to justify some part of creation. If a girl is a lesbian in my class as a life skills teacher, it's not my duty to, to say it's okay to be like that or it's not okay. Who are you to, to judge? What you need to do is only to give the right information. If, you are a, if, if this is a gay person, I do not want a gay person to be sick. So what type of information do you need to give him or her? What? And, and the, 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 the issue of anal sex, one or not, we have to go into these things and talk about them. What is the danger of anal sex? You tell them straight like that. What is the danger? You go into the anatomy of, 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 of anus. The inner part of anus. Sorry, I'm, I speak straight. Eh? All right? And, and this is uh, how, how we, are, we, are, we are trained. To, 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 to give correct, we are saying correct scientific knowledge. What is the texture of the inner part of anus? Very soft. Fragile. Any rough behavior or movement inside there, you tear the skin. And that is the entry point of HIV. If you don't explain like that as a, as a teacher in the class, so you are denying the children the right information so that they are aware. And for your information, it's not only for gay people. There are married couples who are also doing uh, anal sex, men and a woman. Boys in hostels, and uh, sorry to say, even some fathers are doing that to their boy, boy, boys in hostels. I'm talking about fathers in churches. Sodomizing. The danger, the higher risk. Uh, anal sex is very, very, very higher risk. So go into prisons. Into prisons. It's, it's worrisome. So we are giving this information to children to know. And remember, sex many a times especially among the young ones, is a forced thing. Research has shown. So don't think that uh, uh, even some pregnancies are done, but they are not wanted. Because the way sex was done, it was not agreed upon. Okay, I'm about to finish. Um, let's go to the very, very last one. The very last one. And uh, please bear with me. The last one. Continue. Yeah, that one. To summarize, we are talking about visualizing the demographic dividend. This is my last slide, I promise. All right? Uh, visualizing the, the demographic dividend. We are here, when we say we, we mean Namibian uh, uh, churches, Namibian government, Minister of Education. We all, we are all, you know, partners in this. We want to get dividends at the end of the expiry date of this uh, policy. We all have uh, insurance policies, isn't it? You, you want to have 100,000 at the end of maturity. So the child, when you have uh, a child as a gift, there are only two ways. Either to take that child to life, to hell, 
or to the kingdom of God. Only two ways. If we are not careful, then we follow, they follow the red one. If we are not careful. If we are fighting among ourselves as leaders, we claim, maybe Julius from the Ministry of Education claims to be more competent than everybody, so therefore let me do what I want to do. No. All of us, we are equally competent. We just need to understand each other and help each other. So church from this side, you are pulling your, your, your work. Us from Minister of Education, we are pulling our work. Minister of Health, Minister of Gender, Youth and Sport, all of us together helping one another, but not judging each other. Right? That's what we need to do. So as you can see, a girl child, school, they finish education. Okay? Employment is guaranteed. Um, of course, I mean, we have economic crisis, but we are saying in a normal situation, employment is guaranteed. What else? My, my cannot see very well. Adult marriage. Healthy children, isn't it? We are saying healthy children because the mother and the father, they are well educated. They know where uh, risk behaviors are. So, luckily, children are healthy. Secure of place, meaning you got job, you buy house. What happens if you don't have job? You travel all over the country. This year, Sokokmund. Two months, Winduk. The other, what, what? Karasberg. Moving around because you don't have a secure place. You are looking for job everywhere. Right? Work-life... Um, what? Yeah, work-life balance. What else? Wealthy... Uh, child investment, and then secure old age. Everybody must contribute to the tax of this country. What does it, that mean? People are complaining, roads are not fixed, but you did not contribute to tax. Hospitals are not, do not have uh, medicines, you did not contribute to tax. So old age, it means you, get, uh, your, you are retired, Government, JPF will give you your 2000 monthly, and uh, then Tatehage uh, will give you your 1200 This is what we call secured old age. You have various sources of income when you are old. This is what we want in life skills. And then what we call demographic dividend. You are now um, getting uh, the, the best. So we will now remove all the, the red line things with programs. As you can see, those arrows. Uh, we don't want the dropout. We don't want teenage pregnancies. We don't know what, what. We don't want those with those programs. Then at the end, we have young people who can contribute to the development of the country. I thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Nifikwa. Uh, very interesting presentation. When you have my kind of personality, you are jumping inside of you, you are arguing, you are ready for the questions and answers, and then you remember But I'm just the master of ceremonies, which means I do not have an opinion, I guide conversation. So, I will discipline myself this morning. But I will tell you, Mr. Nifikwa, 
I asked myself the question constantly, when you speak, who is the Namibian child you are speaking for? To whose benefit was that presentation? Does that child have a name? Does that child have an identity? And when we are held accountable at the end of eternity or at the end of our lives, will we tell God in his face that we have done well because of comprehensive sexual education, sexuality education? I also looked, Mr. Nifikwa, at your mission statement at the Ministry of Education because the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. So every program that the ministry must have or that the, that the ministry spends money and time on must link up with your vision, must link up with your mission. So ladies and gentlemen, for your information, the mission of the Ministry of Education in the Republic of Namibia is to ensure equitable access to quality education for all of our citizens so that their full potential is realized to assist in the development of responsible citizens who are disciplined, industrious, creative, and confident, and who can function effectively in a modern society. I hold up the mission of the Ministry of Education to you, and I hold up the policy on comprehensive sexuality education. And you ask yourself, do we measure up when the two stand next to each other? On that note, I hand over to Pastor Shirley Magazi, who will this morning unpack for us what comprehensive sexuality education is. We've heard the ministry's position, but we'd like to hear from a parent, we'd like to hear from a uh, pastor, what she thinks is comprehensive sexuality, uh, sexuality education. So ladies and gentlemen, will you, oh no, am I wrong? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I I'm, I'm, I'm prejudiced because she's a lady. So you are the last but not least, Pastor Magazi. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. So the order is to be changed, at least on my program. So the order then is, if I can just ask you, yeah, just for the retraction of that, that Mr. Birkus will come and address us. Mr. Birkus, you will hear the passion about this specific topic. If there is one person who's been consistent about this topic in this country, engaging various platforms, this would be the gentleman who will speak to us next. So, Mr. Vickers, can you please come to the front? Please watch your time, and if you don't abide by your time, I will be standing there and I will start irritating you to say you must finish. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here, and I'm very excited. Actually, I wake up 3 o'clock, could not sleep. And when you wake up that time, what do you do? You start to pray and sleep, and wake up, start praying and sleep. <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank Pastor Hilma for this occasion. I was praying and say, God, after this meeting, I hope there will be explosion from this church to the churches in the city and in this country at large as we are addressing this issue. And I feel also honored to be on the stage with my friend. He's a good civil servant. I'm a kingdom servant. Both of us are servants. <laughs> and my pastor, 
and the doctor. Now she got her doctorate. Now I have to always remind myself. A public health practitioner. If something went wrong, she will phone me and say, Uncle, something must be done. Did you hear in the TV or the news? What are you thinking? What must we do? And then she will push me. And then I say, ah, oh, we have to do. So when I'm in the war, these are the people I surround myself and say, please come, let us go to this issue. So I'm really honored because we fight together these spiritual battles on different fronts. And this morning, as we are going to enter this uh, topic, I want to, because I represent the church, not a denomination, but the body of Christ, I want us to remind ourselves and myself of two scriptures. The one scripture say, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It, it is against principalities, against spirits, in the air, meaning we are not fighting individuals as we are discussing this topic. What we are seeing here is what we call manifestation of things happening in the spirit. That's why when you deal with this topic, you also need to have a spirit of discernment, discerning really what is happening behind the things in the spirit world. And then the second scripture, which I want to, this is just to remind myself so that uh, I don't start to operate differently, I would say, in the flesh. Because it is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. And it's read as follows. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and then to demolish arguments. You see, this is an argument developed by some wonderful people in New York or somewhere very far. And this is an argument. And every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. We want to demolish those kind of things. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that is the battle we are in. And that is, actually, those are the things I use to remind myself. And uh, the last thing I use to remind myself is a song which is not sung in the churches nowadays. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, soldiers of the cross, because we are in a war. Now, as I put this as a basis of our looking to these issues to say, we have to also look in the spirit. It's not in the physical, only what we see and what we hear. But what is the prevailing spirit? Not only in Namibia. As my brother say, you see, this is a regional commitment on the SATIC level. This is an international commitment at the United Nations level, developed by human beings. And we have to look behind that. So my presentation to this is a bit of background to this issue in Namibia. And I know now and then 
were accused to say we are spreading false stories and confusing uh, people about these uh, CSE stories. Now, I will give a bit of background, and then the last one is a short presentation, the war on our children, which will be the last part of my presentation. And that's why I also brought the thing which, the thing which uh, created the war. And the whole thing is, I think, developed by UNFPA and UNESCO. This is the basis on which we started this war. Now, the way it started was wonderful Christian people in Khobabes, I think it's teachers. There's also good things coming from Khobabes. They phoned me after the, there was an introduction to the teachers there in Khobabes and said, are you aware about this program which is now uh, introduced to the teachers? And I say, no, I don't know. So they were so serious, you need to come and see what is it. So this is where the whole thing started. After that, you know, at our Connect Group, this is where you come together to pray. Connect Group, home cell. So I bring to our Connect Group and say, you know, Luckily, we were having someone who is a life skill teacher, and I wanted to say, say, no, no, even in our schools here in Comas, already some of us as teachers were starting to be introduced to this. And then my sister-in-law was the manager of the teacher resource center. You know, when you do science, you try to gather information so that you don't fight in the air. So we started to find out. And this is how we come to, to realize about this. And this is the basis on which this whole thing is developed. Now the world is going, they become so clever now that they also develop a toolkit for pastors. <laughs> now next week, the 24 to 28, I will be in Jobek, where our comrade from UNESCO and others want to present a toolkit to pastors. You know, the way is very complicated. That's why you need to discern what is going on. Now, as we started to do that, we started to look deeper in the specific book because we started to read about this book we read on the internet, you see the thing is not only Namibia, you see also in other developed countries, people are talking. So we read what others are saying, we read the arguments which is there and those kind of things. And then we also follow how did it come here and we read the commitment which was talked on the SADC level where the regional countries that's why it is a Eastern and Southern Africa commitment where they commit to see, to go and implement this package. You know, this is why I started to understand. They could not make a consultation with stakeholders because we have signed an agreement with government to say, you know, where there are things, we need to consult each other. And this agreement, we renew it every three years through the National Planning Commission. But 
the way this come to us in this country was, as far as I know, there was no consultation. Because you don't consult a package which is already developed. You just come and implement it. And that's why if you look through the plan of action which was developed, which all these commitments, the countries commit themselves to, was clear that you need to perform in terms of reaching those goals and indicators which they have put for themselves. And working through Ministry of Education and Ministry of Health, those kind of things. Of course, the document talk of civil society and, uh, and the churches and those kind of things. Now, here, there was no really consultation, and I understand because you don't consult a product which is already finished. You just need to see how you are going to make it. Of course, we have, uh, I think we, we have meetings. That's why the comrade under the Ministry of Education, they call pastors together in Venduk, where they present this uh, material. And uh, because we don't find each other. It's like this. The office of the first lady, I thought uh, Dr. Tron will be here because when I see this clip, I forward to her to say, you people must also be here, but I don't see her here. So the office of the first lady also last year tried to bring us together, the church and the Ministry of Education to try to discuss this issue because it's a concern to, to the church. When I say the church, I mean the spiritual leaders, those really who have the, this concern at heart. You know what the Bible says, if you let one of this little one, that it's better for you to be put a heavy thing on your neck and thrown in Korea Habdamen. <laughs> this is how serious the story is. So the, even the, minister, the office of the First Lady tried to bring these two to consult and try to talk. Of course, we must admit as a church, when there was a national school review, national curriculum review, the churches didn't give input. We are always behind. Because it was in the papers advertised to say, now bring your input on these things. Now, the good people like us, we, when we are scared, we say we are praying, go ahead. <laughs> and then later on, we want to now toy toy. <laughs> so there was that issue. So the issue of consultation was one of the concern for us, which was never, or if it happened, you know, in the documents you read that there was consultation. It's good, I can collect in this country now, every third person is a pastor. You can collect a few and then you say you were talking to them and those kind of things. And this is what the documents are trying to say. And this is the, the issue we are having to say. We were asking, say, my future is my choice. It's a program which was developed in this country, Window of Hope. I think the Deputy Minister of Higher Education, she was the, one of those, say, what happened to these programs? Were they evaluated? Are they no more effective? Or what is the story? You know, you need to look to what was there to improve. 
But unfortunately, when things are imposed on nations, the nations don't have a say. Because these are international organizations. They have money, they help our health. UNICEF is helping us, UNESCO is helping education. These are, and we are also a baby of the international community. But we are 90% associating ourselves with the, with the word of God as Christians. And that's why their concern is that those kind of things. So this is sort of the background how we're doing it and try to consult and even talk to the Speaker of Parliament. I think even the Speaker was shocked to hear that there is such a program. Some of those education people say, I said, no, but is it not you people who bring these things here? Some of them, they hear it for the first time. But the moment they go inside, it becomes a worry. So to make it short, we have taken this to develop the war against our children. And as these uh, slides are going to say, we try to be, because you don't want to be accused of false talking. I was hearing one day my good executive director trying to really be firing about people who are spreading false things. So we try to be so close to, they say the revise, there are so many revises of this document, and try to give our view. Now some people say we are very conservative. I like when people call me conservative, then I know I'm on the right side. <laughs> but if they say you are open-minded, liberal, be, be careful. So we try to do it, and this is the view we're giving to say, our concern as the church, and why we say, they think, what type of a product of a child will we have if that child become a mature adult? Now the child is just taking in, as it was said here, you know, and then if he become an adult, what type of a child do we have? So CSE is not neutral if you go through this. It's already have taken a side. That's why the gender ideology proposed here have already a side towards it. And we as a church, this is one of the problems. People think church is unrealistic. We are out of reality. You cannot be worth the word of God and say you are unrealistic, out of reality. That is the book of life, which address all these things. Because this was also developed by just ordinary human being there in the UN and tried to sell. You can go back, you trace Kenzie, one of those psychologists who developed the ideas. So if we can just go through those slides and then it will speak for itself. Okay, Dr. Schroeder was contacted to develop the content for the course on comprehensive sexuality education for the Eastern and Southern African regions, including Namibia. Next slide. Elizabeth Schroeder is an international recognized educator, trainer, and author specializing in sexuality and LGBTQ inclusion. Dr. Schroeder has served amongst others as the manager of education and special projects at the Planned Parenthood Federation of America which is the largest single provider of reproductive health services, including abortion, in the US. 
Dr. Schroeder uses Alfred Kinsey scale, and it is Kinsey's research that claimed that children would benefit from consexual sex with each other and with adults. Child sexuality research data was collected from the personal logs of several pedophiles. Who is teaching our children? And then you see the article there written by Maria Bakar-Rudis, Outer Course Exploring Non-Penetrative Forms of Pleasurable Safer Sex. Audience was from the age of 14, and the main theme of this article is non-penetrative forms of sex. Uh, they developed lesson plans in the CSE model for UNESCO and UNFPA, and it's defined for pro-abortion. Young women need the right to safe and legal abortions. Pro-LGBT, transgender young people have the right to express who they are, equal treatment under the law. Homosexuality is perfectly normal, and so is bisexuality. Some concerns... Same-sex relationships are normalized. Natural shame between boys and girls is broken down. Children are sexualized from an early age. Promotes abortion on demand. Teaches about various sexual acts. Normalizes multiple partners when they are safe and they agree. Same-sex same relationships are normalized. It says that everyone is different. Some adolescents will know clearly that they are heterosexual, lesbian, gay, or bisexual. So just go back again. Now you see there's that coming from section four from this book on adolescent social and emotional development on page eight and nine. So underneath you will see from which section and page in the, in the book. Um then this can normalize relationships between gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. Everyone, no matter their sexual orientation, deserves to be in a healthy relationship. Page four. Yeah, the target age you saw. Then this is the teacher's manual, I assume, which is promoted on that website, which is stated there, where you can learn more about your changing body. Please visit that site. Also, in the same teacher's manual, uh, the content reads, being gay or bi or trans is just one important aspect of your identity. It can be very helpful and reassuring to make connections with others who also identify as LGBTQ+. According to the Bible, he who created them made them male and female, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, as stated in Matthew 19, verses 4 to 5. Also in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, neither the impure and the immoral, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor drunkards will inherit the kingdom of God. It stated that natural shame between boys and girls is broken down. It awakens children to sexuality. So in the publication, you see those drawings in the lesson plans, puberty, page 8, target age between 9 and 15. There's no mention of separating of boys and girls. 
Natural shame continues to be broken down. It awakens children to sexuality. Children are taught to cut out male and female reproductive parts and to assemble the puzzle on the chalkboard. Target age 9 to 15 on page 9 in the lesson plan. The Bible states, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea, according to Matthew 18, verse 6. Children are sexualized from an early age. Um, the lesson plan here deals with deciding whether to have sex on page 3, target age 12 to 18, and it states that no matter what you decide, whether and, or, and when to become sexually active, you must think about the conditions that matter to you, which is to be safe and healthy, no matter when you decide to become sexually active. Children are explained all the steps of condom use, target age 12 to 18, lesson plan, correct and consistent condom use on pages three to five, it teaches them to know well ahead of time, immediately before, when to use a condom during sex, and also after sex. Children are taught to use a condom, and it means, or it's stated that it, using a condom doesn't have to spoil the moment, so enjoy finding the one that seats, suits you both best. Lesson plan, correct and consistent condom use on page six, target eight, age 12 to 18. In the teacher's manual, the types of activities which are exhibited, applying effective teaching methodologies to sexuality education on pages 14 and 15, they practice how to put a condom on a banana or a wooden model. Again, um, the Bible states, let marriage be held in honor, let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral, in Hebrews 13 verse 4. In Ephesians 5 verse 5, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. It also promotes abortion on demand. Se session 6 on fertility, pregnancy, and reproduction, page 8, it states when a girl becomes pregnant, she may have up to three options. One, she can carry the pregnancy full term. Two, she can terminate the pregnancy through legal or illegal unsafe abortion. Or she can place the baby for adoption. Session six again on page eight, it states, all people need to know their country's laws relating to abortion so that they can know what their rights are and can access support if they feel their rights are not being respected or honored. The Bible promotes respect for life. For you created my inmost beings, you knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when my, I was made in the secret place. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, according to Psalms 139, verses 13 and 15. You shall not murder, in Exodus 20, verse 13. According to the lesson plan on STIs, which is Sexually Transmitted Infections, Transmission Part 2, page 11, targeting ages 9 to 15, it reads, 
Children are taught the various STIs and risks of oral and anal sex. It is explained in detail on a chart given to each learner in a way that will make some adults uncomfortable from the age of nine. It also teaches children on page 10, part 11, that anal sex using a condom is described as a smaller risk from the age of nine. Relationships, assertive statement, I know you said you don't want sex, you don't want to have sex with me. Are there some sexual things you are comfortable doing so that we can be close? Teaching on masturbation and mutual masturbation is important because these can help people to learn about their bodies. Page 14, session 7, preventing STIs and HIV. The Bible, um, abstain from sexual immorality so that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness, not in the passion of lust. First Thessalonians 4, verse 3. The curriculum normalizes multiple partners. It states on pages 18 and 19, one partner chooses be, to be monogamous, the other has sex with other people, both partners know about it, and neither objects to the agreement. The above is seen as a healthy relationship. Pages 18 and 19, session nine. Although having multiple partners can increase health risks, if the partner having multiple partners practices safer sex, and if that person's partner is okay with the arrangement, it is still a healthy relationship because both <coughs> agree. The Bible says, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2. Okay, using paraffin will not put out a fire, it will fuel the fire. Is this what we want for our children? It is stated, teenage pregnancies will drop with budget cuts on sexual education, sex education and birth control in the UK. We can exercise self-control. We must educate our children to self-control. This statement is by Benjamin Franklin. We must educate your children to self-control, to the habit of holding passion and evil tendencies, and you have done much to abolish misery from the future and crimes from society. A person who does not control himself is like a city whose walls have been broken down. Proverbs 25 verse 28. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Let's rather encourage sound morals that work. Thank you. Now I need the tea, <laughs> so we're all going to go out. Thank you very much, uh, Uncle Ludwig. So we're going to have a break. Um, I'm not sure for how many minutes.
but it will give you time to think about what you have now been presented with. And then we'll come back for the last session. If somebody can just indicate 10 minutes. So from starting right now, which is 5 minutes to 11, if we can be back. 20 past. So what is the time now? What is the time now? 7 to 11. So we must be back at 20 past 11. We have about 20 minutes for tea. No? According to the program, we have 20 minutes for tea. 20 minutes for tea. Enjoy your tea out there and have some good conversations. We'll see you back just now. Thank you. I'm sure you had a nice tea time. Lots of questions, really? Oh, ne? You know those children. You saw those children's faces, ne? Yes, it's important. All right, can we get everybody in, please? Can those conversations at the end? I will call you by name because I know you. So, maybe you don't need that embarrassment today. Thank you, Archie. All right. We're going to get into the last session um, by Pastor Shirley Magazi, who's clearly a woman of many talents and titles, as we learned this morning, also doctor. Congratulations um, for that achievement. But I had a very interesting conversation, um, you know, during tea time. And first, the first thing that rocked my world, and, and I don't have children in school anymore. My kids have just finished, my last one I just finished. So, um, Zenzi came and said, what about the homework? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, have you considered the homework on this comprehensive sexuality education that as a parent, you would have to participate in? Because as you know, Priscilla, these kids come home ne? and they have wonderful tasks that they must do and you must go and buy paper. You know how it goes. It is tough to be a parent with kids in school because it's almost like you're in school as well. So those of you, like our sound guys at the back, both of those have just had babies. Their wives have just had babies. So what awaits you is lots of years of homework and tasks and projects and chuter and you will help to do the research. So just imagine for this curriculum, the homework engagements that you will have to be indulged with and you know, exposed to, that's one. Number two, Ms. Nifikwa, you said the comprehensive sexuality education curriculum is one that is age appropriate. We saw there on some pages, the ages being mentioned is nine. I want you to think of a nine-year-old and to think of which nine-year-old you would like to have these conversations with. This is the reality. These are human beings, life ones. We know them. They're in our worlds. They're our family members. Which nine-year-old would you like to have these conversations with? Because according to this curriculum, it is age-appropriate. So, I will leave my sovereign state arguments about us being an independent country later. 
for later, but I also want you to think again, you know, this morning about certain, you know, schizophrenias. I call it schizophrenia. Um, this week we had a conversation, the business community, because you know what's going on in the economy at the moment. And if you look in South Africa and you look, if you look in Namibia, the thing that business, t that business tells you, the thing that investors would tell you, what is wrong with our economy and when we, where we can begin to make the first steps to fix it, they will tell you it's policy certainty. Investors will tell you, for me to come to your country, I must know what your policies are because then I know if I invest my money here, I know how we can get my money doubled and when I want to take my money out, I know how to get my money out. I know you will not change policies just randomly like you feel. So investors want policy certainty. But another thing that the investors also want specifically myself, I like to think of you know, policy synergy. That this policy that is over here makes sense with that policy over there, that it makes sense. So now we have age-appropriate sexuality education at nine in schools. The age of sexual consent in Namibia is 16. The age of majority was just dropped from 21 to 18. But the very same government tells us that children shouldn't get married until they are 21. Think about these things, the Bible says. And on that note, I hand over to Dr. Pastor Shirley Magazi. Thank you. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, certainly a very interesting morning. Let me first of all just congratulate uh, every nation for this incredible initiative. It is just my hope that it doesn't end here uh, from a a performance-based approach, uh, I would want to see some results after this. Um, my dear fellow panelists, uh, my very own friend, uh, Julius, like he said, we share many platforms. Uh, we've never shared one in the context within church. And so I'm, so sh I'm sure he's so shocked, like, you're a pastor? <laughs> And then my very own uh, Mr. Bierkus from CCN. Uh, it really is an honor and a privilege to share um, the platform with you. Um, well, all protocols certainly observed. They asked me, ma'am, but we don't have your presentation. And I said, I'm speaking in the capacity of a, of a parent. Parents don't have presentations. Uh, parents are parents. <laughs> So as a parent, I don't have a presentation. I'm going to speak uh, as an informed parent, though, um, but from my heart. What exactly are we working towards? I'm, I'm going to look at this uh, presentation as unpacking CSE in the context of Namibia. Um, what are we working towards? I think Vision 2030 gives us a framework in which we are striving as a country. And, and taken from Vision 2030, we say that we are we're working towards a prosperous and industrialized Namibia, developed by her human resources, enjoying peace, harmony, and political stability. Within the context of um, our topic, 
we need to emphasize um, developed by her human resource. So I believe that all these efforts are then geared towards informing and developing our res human resource so that our human resource would then take us to where we would want to be. So looking at CSE in Namibia and, and where it is that we are headed to, we need to ask ourselves the question, is CSE in Namibia taking us to where we want to go as a nation? And so my presentation is gonna look at five approaches to unpacking CSE within the Namibian context. Uh, we're going to look at a needs-based approach. We will look at it from an evidence-based approach. We will need, uh, look at it from a rights-based approach. And, and sec uh, fourthly, from a cultural-based approach. And then finally, from a moral-based approach as parents that need to be informed in terms of the decisions that we need to make for our children. Let me start first of all with the needs-based approach. Um, what is CSE trying to achieve in Namibia? I'm not gonna look at the international world. We do know that it's coming from the international world. Um, as Namibia, have we contextualized CSE within the Namibian context? Have we adapted it to who we are as Namibia? So when you introduce a program and when you introduce a, curric a curriculum, hopefully you want to identify the need that you want to address. Because after all, when you evaluate this program, it needs to give you certain outcomes and impacts. And so it needs to be need-driven. The question then is, what need is CSE addressing? When we look at comprehensive sexual education, certainly the need that a CSE is addressing and based on the presentations that you have heard both, both from the Ministry of Education as well as from uh, the Council of Churches, it is addressing the need to know your sexual identity as well as your sexual orientation. The question therefore then comes and uh, what we need to ask ourselves is, um, how was this informed? What need assessment was carried out? What are statistics telling us? Do we have a need for our children to know their sexual identity and to uh, start deciding who they need to be, their sexual orientation? Who told us this? Where did we gather this information from? What is the baseline? because you need to have a baseline and after some time, that baseline you need to go back and do your research and then see what have you achieved with the baseline information. So already starting to unpack CSE, ask yourself this question. What are we addressing? Have we identified that sexual identity is a problem in our country? Have we identified that sexual orientation is a problem in our country? Have we identified that the reasons that we are struggling with teenage pregnancy, with school dropout rates, with HIV uh, prevalence rate is because of a root cause called sexual identity and sexual orientation? It therefore then asks us to look at what information we currently have. What statistics do we have in country? Based on my knowledge, I am not aware of any research. 
um, that has been done in, in that regard to inform CSE in Namibia. Let's look at it from an evidence-based evidence approach. So clearly, if you don't have a baseline, it tells you that it is not evidence-based. So the statistics and all the research that we are uh, uh, citing is then not a Namibian context. It is an eastern, southern context of which Namibia is part of it, but Namibia is unique. Okay? And so the statistics that we are citing is clearly not a Namibian context. And if you look at what informs CSE, it is clearly not an African context. So we're citing research that has nothing to do with us. So how possibly are we going to meet a need? The available statistics in Namibia that I could possibly gather in terms of one of the directions that um, CSE could possibly be contributing um, as looking at school dropout rates, as looking at teenage pregnancy rates, it is looking at HIV AIDS rates. And so from that perspective, we could try and use those statistics as a proxy for CSE in Namibia. Now let's just have a look at the HIV prevalence rate. According to NAMFIA, which is the Namibia uh, uh, population-based HIV research that was carried out in 2017, that gives us the most recent statistics, the HIV incidence rate is at 0.5% for the age group of 15 to 24. For the age group of 0 to 14, it is 1%. That's incidence rate. The prevalence rate is at, uh, for the age group of 20 to 24, it is 6.4%. And then for the age group of 15 to 19%, it is 3.9%. Now, according to the National Strategic Framework for HIV AIDS in Namibia, um, and as informed by the DHA, uh, DHS of 2013, we have observed a decline in um, prevalence rates as well as incidence rates in this age group, the target age group. Let me just quickly get to that statistics. Um, when we look at adolescent and youth um, in Namibia, we're saying that uh, there's been a drop from 2,406 in the year 2005 um, to 1,500, uh, 1,670 in the year 2015. And that is particularly looking at females within the age group of 15 to 24. The question therefore is, what is our problem? If we're seeing a decline, and if we're seeing um, incidence rates, and, and, and I keep asking and challenging my fellow colleagues to tell me where is the incidence rate increasing among the adolescent uh, children? Because the stats that we have says otherwise. The incidence rate, as we are standing right now within the target group which CSA 
is um, supposed to target is a target group of 10 to 19. There is no incidence rates that we know as yet. It hasn't been broken down to that. What is it that we are addressing? Based on the strategic framework, we have identified or they have identified gaps um, that possibly could contribute to prevalence rates and incidence rates. And one of the gaps or some few gaps that have been highlighted is early sexual debut or uh, early sexual debut, depending from which um, country you want to pronounce it from. In the Namibian context, uh, uh, with our Namlish, we will call it sexual, early sexual debut. Gaps that have been identified is the issue of intergenerational sex, trans, uh, transactional sex, uh, teenage pregnancy, uh, school uh, uh, dropouts, and you name it. None of the gaps that have been identified speaks to sexual orientation or sexual identity. Let me move on to a rights-based approach. You will constantly hear that sexuality and all of that is a right, a human rights. I want to draw your attention to the Universal Declaration on Human Rights, Article 26 and 2 and 3. Since we are talking within the context of education, let me read it for you. Education shall be directed, this is point two, education shall be directed to the full development of the human personality and to the strengthening of respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms. It shall promote understanding, tolerance, and friendship among all nations, racial or religious groups, and shall further the activities of the United Nations for the maintenance of peace. Verse three says this. No, not verse 3. That's the Bible. <laughs> I am a pastor after all. <laughs> Parents have a prior right to choose the kind of education that shall be given to their education, to their children. From a human rights based has cse given parents the right to choose the education that their children will receive through comprehensive sexual education i shall rest it right there let's move on from a cultural uh, based approach what is culture culture is our ideas customs and social behavior that govern how we behave in a particular society and um, a particular group. A CSE is supposedly culturally based. Whose culture is CSE promoting? And why am I saying this from a parent? It is my belief that the Namibian culture is informed equally informed primarily from our beliefs, our values, and our morals. And that informs our culture. Now, if we just zoom in in terms of 
where our morals come from, our values come from, which leads me to the moral-based approach, I once again want to take you back to Vision 2030. According to Vision 2030, that has the heart of the nation because we want to see a particular nation that is industrialized and developed by her human resource, um, living in peace and, and, and political um, stability. This is what Vision 2030 says in chapter four, based on the people's quality of life. Christianity holds the promise for the moral upbringing of our children and shapes the moral basis of our interpersonal dynamics, harmony, and peaceful coexistence. Continuing on chapter four of Vision 2030, above all, the fear of God guides decision-making in Namibia and provides the driving force for the maintenance of a just and morally upright society. You decide. Morals are defined as standards of behavior, principles of right and wrong. Is CSE a morally based education program? Is it addressing our morals? When you look at the content of CSE, as has been presented by Mr. Birkus, it appears that it is quite inclined to address moral issues. Sexual identity, as well as sexual orientation, falls within the perimeters of morality, of values, of principles. Whose role then is it? to share this with our children. In conclusion, my question is, if we are addressing a comprehensive sexual program, it requires a multidisciplinary approach to it. At what given time did Namibia incorporate different disciplines to look at what it is that we need to address. If we're speaking of age appropriate, age appropriate brings in issues of culture, brings in issues from a biological point of view, it brings in psychological issues, it brings in cultural issues, social issues. How then is CSA age appropriate in the context of Namibia. Relevance. Relevance is defined as what is important at the moment. What is important for us as a nation in the upbringing and education of our children? My proposal is this, that as a Namibian people, we need to get back to the drawing board. Unfortunately, the reality is that CSE is already in our schools. Just last night, I had a discussion with my son, grade eight, 
and he asked me, so tell me about these different forms of sexuality and different forms of having sex. And so I had to talk to my son. And when I took my children through what they will be taught at some point in their school lifetime, the response of my kids were, what does the government want us to end up as? Have we consulted the Namibian child? Which child are we trying to raise up? Whose needs are we really trying to address? Many years ago, I had to tell my daughter, she was very uncomfortable when she sat in a life skills class, and she said, I'm not ready to hear this. I had to inform the principal and tell the principal, my daughter is not ready for this. When you discuss this, she will step out of the class. Do our children have the right to choose what they will be taught? Thank you. The only thing I can say is in Afrikaans, no to no. There are times in life when there's nothing to be said. When something like this is said and delivered, and the only comment you can make is, and then? No to no. I can't say it in English. I'm sorry for the guys who speak English. But this is why Afrikaans is the best language in the world. Because there's stuff that you can say only in Afrikaans, man. You know? So, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Magazi, as the parent, thank you. Well done. Extremely, extremely well done to all of our speakers this morning. And we've saved a lot of time. She was quick, so we, have, we would have finished this component only at 12 to start with questions then. Oh, yeah? So we're going to start with those questions then because we want to kind of start. We have about, I think, half an hour for questions, if not more. Not sure where Pastor Hilma is, but you can kind of give me the time. Oh, okay. So we save 10 minutes. Okay. So half an hour, roughly, and then we'll see how it goes, because we want to finish at 12. But we can probably stretch it as we see it. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.